Creative Babble. Javier, since the last time we spoke, Constables Baldock and Wallace had their trial. Yeah, and the trial was supposed to last 10 days, but actually it only ended up lasting less than five days. Yeah, you yeah. want to talk about it? Yeah, let's let's dig in. So, John, what exactly were these constables charged with? So, constables Baldock and Wallace were charged with uh, a slew of things. So, they've got all kinds of federal conspiracy charges associated with violating people's constitutional and civil rights. And they also have drug charges. When they were arrested, searches were done of their residents and vehicles, and the FBI found drugs on them. So they're they're facing some pretty serious charges and some pretty serious sentences if they're convicted. Yeah, which is kind of ironic. But it's interesting because, John, one of the charges is intent to distribute. What does that mean? Was he planning on selling these drugs? The prosecution was trying to say that the intent to distribute was because they were going to plant the drugs on somebody illegally. So that was the distribution. And the FBI says that they found 5.9 grams of meth in Constable Wallace's home. And then they found a half a gram of drugs in the vehicle of Constable Gary Baldock. Going into this trial, I was much more concerned about the civil rights violations than whether one of these constables had drugs on them or not. And it's funny because Constable Wallace's attorney says that, hey, yeah, those drugs, yeah, that was found in his house, but that's because he was storing it there. They were bagged, they were labeled, they were, he was storing it there. He's a one-man sheriff's department. Yeah, it's not a bad argument, and I'm sure that that's probably something as a constable that probably does happen. Uh, as a police officer, that should never happen. Yeah, but it's interesting because Norfleet, the defense attorney, says, hey, the, the problem Prosecutors are going to drag in all these people who say that they've been victimized by Constable Wallace and Constable Baldock. Well, they're a bunch of criminals. And and this is a quote. He says, hopefully they don't come in here under the influence, almost implying that you shouldn't believe anything they say. They're drug addicts. They're low lives. A criminal defense attorney is an incredibly important position. It's a needed position. But statements like that, to me, they just... They really turn my stomach. He's just saying something inflammatory to try to undermine witnesses coming in. And he doesn't have any basis for that. But day one, I mean, he came out with guns blazing because the the defense attorney is like, you know what this case is all about? This case is all about the cops are jealous because Wallace and Baldock make tons more arrests than they do. They're cleaning up the streets. The Norfleet said, quote, this is Operation Derail Wallace. Yeah, I mean, to me, I just I can't imagine why a police officer would care that someone else is making more arrests than them. I just don't get that. Yeah, it's not a competition, right? So the stage is set in day one and then day two, it changes. We have new witnesses coming up to the stand. Who did the prosecution bring up to testify on day two? Yeah, so they brought in two officers and they talked about a situation where they search a car, they don't find any drugs, and then Wallace comes strolling up one or two seconds later and he finds a small pill container. Just just like that. He just found it. Magic. Right. Like he's a magician. There's not much they could do about it. They bring it up to their supervisors and let them know that they think something's not right there. But I, I feel like this had to be very compelling testimony. 
So then day two, they also focused on the actual FBI sting, the sting that got them arrested. And what went down that day? They talked about the FBI calling in an anonymous tip and saying that this guy that was at the Somerset uh, Mall was had drugs on him. And Wallace and Baldock end up falsely arresting him for public intoxication. And that was just, that was a boondoggle, that whole situation. But the thing that really got me, and I, I knew it when I what heard about it initially, was when they searched the hotel room, this undercover sting, that, that's what unfolded. They go back to this guy's hotel room. It's like he's just sitting in a car at the, at the mall. And the next thing you know, these constables are back at his hotel room and they got a search warrant. Yeah. And that was what really got me because they lied to a judge and they told the judge that this undercover FBI agent told them there were drugs in the hotel room. And that's how they got the search warrant. The undercover agent had about ten to eleven thousand dollars in cash and the constables took that. But what they didn't do, they didn't plant drugs on him, which is one of the, the major complaints against Constable Wallace and Baldock. It's a good point that the defense attorney brought up. And that is that the constables did not steal money and they didn't plant drugs. However, you're really grasping for straws as if like these guys are Boy Scouts because on one one stop or one thing, they didn't do the two worst things that they were known to do. I wish we had audio of this because the undercover agent, he was recording on his cell phone. They had recording devices in the truck, in the hotel room. And there's a quote from Wally. He says, you keep fucking with me. And, and so help me, God, I will see that you die in federal prison. He told the undercover cop this and they caught it all on tape. I mean, I understand that you're wanting to get the evidence. You're wanting the person to confess. Uh, we, we had it on tape in a previous episode where he's telling this woman, if you tell me this, you get to go home. But if you don't, you're going to be in prison for a very long time. And it's like you're putting someone in a situation where you're giving them every opportunity and incentive to lie to you if it's not true. Later in that recording, he said that he won't get his money back. He won't get his truck. He won't get shit. And and they played this tape for the jury. Yeah. And I think that he definitely came across as the, the ringleader between him and Baldock. But neither of them came across well at all with any of these recordings. Which brings us to day three of the trial. And day three, they brought in a woman who we've been trying to reach this whole time, but haven't been able to get a hold of her. Her name is Kayla Dobbs. And if you remember from the first episode, she complained that Constable Wallace gave her a DUI and she wasn't even driving. She was a passenger in the car. And now that story didn't make sense to me. But now this woman is in court and she's testifying. Yeah, and it's it's kind of crazy. So Dobbs tells Constable Wallace that she's been drinking and that she shouldn't drive. But he doesn't like where she's parked her car. So he tells her he doesn't care and to get in the car and move it. And so she reluctantly gets in the car and begins to move the car. And as she does that, he pulls her over. Yeah, it's like he set her up. She starts driving the car. And he turns on his blue lights and arrests her for a traffic stop. Which is crazy because he told her to move the car. This would not be believable if it weren't true. It's too outrageous that a law enforcement officer would tell somebody to get in a car and drive drunk and then pull them over five feet later. Now we're at day four of the trial. 
And today they had a former FBI agent talk about some of the recorded interviews that he had with Constable Baldock and Constable Wallace. The FBI agents, you know, they're going to have people searching the house. But while they're doing that, they're talking to the constables. And one of the FBI agents asked Baldock if there's any drugs in his house or if he ever took drugs home. And Baldock said, I've already told you, no drugs, which didn't turn out too well for him after they found drugs at his house. Yeah, because there are clearly drugs in his house. Going back to the defense saying, hey, well, of course, there's drugs in our house. We were bagging it and keeping it for evidence. Here you have Baldock saying, no, I already told you there's no drugs in my house. Right. What he would should have said is, I don't think there are any drugs, but I do occasionally do X, Y, and Z, which is I take drugs home to bag them to put them into evidence. <laughs> so if I, there could be some there, cause I don't, you know, they would be in evidence bags or something like that. Yeah. That would have made for a very good defense. But the fact that he just flat out denies it, that, that didn't, I'm sure that did not sit well at all with the jury. Yeah, these don't seem like the the slickest liars. <laughs> I mean, here's the I would say here's the thing though. Nobody's questioning these constables when they're doing their job. So they're just going out and they're just running over all these people that they're pulling over and coming across. And so now they're being called on the carpet. So they're not savvy in being able to answer these questions or explain what they do because they've never been called on the carpet. They've never had to do that. No. And they, they they weren't even prepared for what if this goes south one day. The FBI asked Wallace the same question that they asked Baldog, and they said, anything in your house that we should be worried about? And Wallace replied, no, hell no. Yet there was over five grams of methamphetamines. Yeah, I mean, that's a very compelling uh, denial by Wallace, but he was lying. So here's what else I find interesting about day four. The defense brought up David Doughton. So David Doughton is a current Commonwealth attorney, and at the time, he was actually the assistant Commonwealth attorney. And according to his testimony in court, he almost sounded like he gave advice to Constable Wally on a regular basis. And while he was on the stand testifying, they asked him, have you ever noticed anything abnormal about the cases that Wally brought to you to prosecute? And he said no, that he never noticed anything unusual about the cases that Wally brought forward. So, John, remember Ezra Dyke? He's the public defender who represented Tim Jones, the the Marine who pretty much brought this case to the FBI's attention. Well, he wrote in the Commonwealth Journal something really interesting. I want to read it to you. He goes, Commonwealth attorney David Dalton testified that he never saw anything wrong with Constable Wallace's work. But then he had to say that, didn't he? To say otherwise would be to admit that he's not good at his job. Clever move on Mr. Wallace's lawyer's part. And so, John, this whole time, you know, this week is going by and it's going by quicker than than we were expecting. And and I'm wondering, do you think Wallace or Baldock would take the stand? I don't think there's any benefit to either one of them taking the stand. I just they're not that articulate. And I just don't think they have good explanations for what they were doing. And if they got opened up to cross-examination, I think they'd be torn to shreds. And that's my question to you, because neither one of us are attorneys, but why would they take this case to court? I mean, why not plead guilty with all the mounting evidence against them? Yeah, I mean, all I can think is that these attorneys felt like there was disconnects in different parts of the case. And I can kind of see them. They're saying that the the Baldock and Wallace were conspiring. We'll prove that they were conspiring. 
And so there's a lot of things in this case that that there's not every step of the way given to the jury. So they're going to have to make some of those steps themselves and put things together. And so I think the uh, defense attorneys were of the mindset that those gaps were too big and that it just there was too many holes in the case. But yeah, I'm kind of I was very shocked that they went to trial on this. Yeah. Well, after the break, we'll have the verdict. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. So on the on the fifth day of the trial, the prosecution and defense gave their closing arguments. And then the jury went and deliberated for about three and a half hours before they came back with a verdict. And this is on Friday afternoon. And the verdict came in around 3.30. So they're wrapping up early. And both Michael Wallace and Gary Baldock were found guilty on all counts. Now, Baldock was already in jail because of his attempted murder charge with the FBI. So he's he's staying in jail. But Wallace was immediately taken into custody by the U.S. Marshals after the verdict was read. He's been out on bond this whole time, but this is the first time Wallace is actually going to jail. He's going to stay there for a pretty long time. And I wanted to get the reaction from somebody who, who says that they are a victim of Constable Wallace Somebody who says that their life was ruined because of these guys. And her name is Ann Ellis. And you heard from her in episode two. So I called her to see if she heard the news of the verdict. Do you know what happened at the trial? Do you know what the verdict is? For I don't. I, I waited for your phone call. It was, it was, uh, it, it definitely triggered me. It, I was very anxious to hear the verdict. So... It, it was supposed to last eight to ten days, and it started last Monday, and it wrapped up on Friday. So five days, the the jury very very quickly found them both of them guilty on all counts. So oh they, on the drug count and oh on, the, on the violating people's civil rights. Oh my goodness, you have no idea, like. I I just got weak for a minute because I was so afraid that politics was going to interfere with this and and money and it, it was it was very scary because that's how it is there it's so political I I'm so grateful and I really thought that they were going to somehow find him innocent and he was going to get off on all charges I really thought that you were going to tell me that. 
John, were you surprised that they were both found guilty on all counts? Yeah, that that surprised me. I just, I mean, not that the evidence is not there, but these days I'm just surprised that 12 people can agree on anything. (laughs) So I I thought thought for sure that they would drop the drug charges or something. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the drug charges. I just, to me, they're 10 years in prison for violating someone's civil rights, which means that people are going to jail that shouldn't be, but they're gonna get 40 years in prison for having drugs on them or in their house. So to me, the real story here was the civil rights violations, yet those have a significantly lesser sentence associated than the the drug charges. Oh, John, and you know who has a lot to say about this? Who's that? Dave Wallace, Constable Wallace's brother. I talked to him the other day, right after the trial, and here's what he had to say. Why is my brother doing so much time for five grams of methamphetamine in federal prison, all right, whenever people get caught every day in state prison, all right, or in county, all right, for more than that, but they don't get nowhere near the time. He got 30 years just for the meth charge. Some might say karma's a bitch, right? Like he was arresting well, people karma for- is a bitch, man. And I'm gonna tell you, Dave, just like I told him, he was gonna come back and bite him in the ass, okay? And they're trying to put a shitload of time on this man for something other, dude, that he should not do a shitload of time for. Dude, he should do probably 10 years. Fine, with that. 10 years? Okay. Teach him a fucking lesson. Yeah. They're giving him 30 years for five grams of meth. Whenever he hit, he was uh, caught with five grams of meth up here by the Titus County Sheriff's Department, dude, he'd been looking at five years. And he'd have gotten drug court, okay? So what happens now? What happens to all those people who pled guilty for crimes that they may not have been guilty to begin with? Does anybody have the power to reverse this? So I called the one man who might be able to undo all this damage, and that's Commonwealth attorney David Doughton. If you recall, he testified in court that he never saw anything suspicious about Constable Wallace's conduct. So let's see what he has to say now. My name is Javier Leva. I'm a producer for a podcast, Criminal Conduct. You may have heard about it. Who are you you with again? I'm with a podcast called Criminal Conduct. I'm doing a a story on Constable Wallace and Baldock. And I just wanted to get your reaction on the case and to see what happens next to the people who pleaded guilty. I really don't have any comment. Thank you, though. He declined the interview. So what does that mean? Is this a priority to him? Or does he want all this to go away? I guess the voters will have the ultimate say. So that was the first trial, but this isn't over. Because Constable Baldock, he still has another trial to prepare for. He has charges of attempted murder of a federal agent and a discharge of a firearm during and in retaliation of a crime of violence. So that trial is expected to happen later on next month, on July 19th. Both Constables and Wallace and Baldock will be sentenced for their convictions in the civil rights violations and the drug charges on October 18th of 2021. 
and both men are facing up to 10 years in prison on the conspiracy charge, and then Wallace faces up to 40 years on the meth charges, while Baldock, he faces a lesser sentence for up to 20 years for his drug charges. Here's Ann Ellis one last time. All I really wanted Javier was for him to be paid back for everything that he's done to all these people. That was, that was all I wanted. I wanted him to have a dose of his own medicine, and it sounds like he did. That's it for season two. For more updates on this case and on season one, find us on social media at CriminalCon. Also, if you want more, make sure to check out our other podcast. My podcast is called Pretend, and John Taylor's podcast is called Twisted. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. A special thanks to our executive producer, AdvertiseCast. And Ruby Rose Fox for allowing us to use her song, Bury the Body, during our intro. Her music is available anywhere you can purchase music. If you enjoy the podcast, find us on social media at CriminalCon. And please leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. Creative Babble.